Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe and fun place to get real and learn about sex. Whether you're a man or woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. I am your host, Kevin Anthony, and I am here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and your relationships. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 281, and it is titled, Learn Scripts to Address the Most Common Problems with Women with Sulanda Smith. So this is going to be a fun show today. What we're going to talk about today are how you can respond to common issues that come up. And I think, so we're going to talk about scripts. And what I think is really cool about the scripts is, you know, and I see this all the time with men, they really don't know how to respond to these things, or they think they know how to respond and their responses just make things worse. (laughs) So until you, until you can sort of change who you are and learn to incorporate this way of communicating as part of who you are, scripts can really help you out. And scripts can help train you in how you should be responding. So I think this is going to be really fun because we're going to talk about like very specific situations and how you should respond and sort of use those as a framework. So you start to get the idea of, you know, maybe a better way of responding to your woman than you've been using in the past. (laughs) All right. Before we do that, though. A short word from my sponsor, Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The men's sexual mastery program you have heard about on this show for a long time is now even better. I have personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and PDF to see if there's anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I've added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight new PDFs, and dozens of links to handpicked products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there is also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go to powerandmastery.com. Okay, so today I have a guest with me. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, using communication scripts, men regain their superhero status with their wives or partners. Uh, Sulanda has coached thousands of amazing clients worldwide who win every day in their relationships. So welcome to the Love Lab podcast. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> the Love Lab, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so before we really get started talking about the scripts, I wonder if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background. Like, how did you come to create these? Where did these come from? Uh, they first see that there's, there's story one, there's story two. Super short, though. Story one is that I have seven brothers. And listening to their stories from the locker room ones that I probably shouldn't have been hearing as a woman to the ones that they say, oh, what do I do when she does this? That's what really drove me to help them figure out how to have happy relationships and not feel like that they had to put up or settle with a lot of the behavior. And then the second part of that story is that as a licensed psychotherapist, my clientele grew to include more men from ages 21 to probably about 55 and some over that age. But they were on the couch asking the same questions about how to handle different situations with their partner. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, some men, I won't say many, but some men don't like therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to help many more men besides the one that would come into therapy. So I decided to start coaching men, um, helping them understand women because that's key. The value of understanding a woman because some men think that they just kind of go with the flow. When this thing happens, they know it needs to be fixed. So I won't do anything with it or approach it until it happens and then I'll fix it. Uh, And then helping them have the words, craft the words that really resonate with her because We're different biologically, hormonally, physiologically. We're very different. So words vibrate and they mean different meanings to men and women. Yes, they do. And thank you for so much. Thank you so much for saying that men and women are different. Because in today's society, that's kind of a controversial thing to say. But the reality is we are different. And it's those differences that make us great, by the way. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. 
However, it can sometimes mean that it's challenging for us to understand each other unless we really know what those differences are and how to work with them. So that's a lot of, of what we're going to talk about today. I just want to pause, though. What was it like growing up with seven brothers? <laughs> I remember... I'll take the story back to my 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 grandfather. I remember sitting in the back seat of his car. I think he had an old Studebaker. And we were sitting in the back seat. It was myself. And I was sitting with my father. And I remember we were passing all of these women. They were heading to a conference, all these beautiful women. And I remember my grandfather looking over and said, Woo, that's a tall drink of water right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at my dad. I said, I don't see anybody holding water. <laughs> I've explained it to you in about 15 years. (laughs) And so those type of conversations or those intros, listening to my brother um, having conflict with women was just a stick for me. But growing up with them, it was being the oldest. I have to say that the position helped. I think if I was in the middle, I probably would have been rough housed or been a little more rougher. Right. I would have been climbing more trees because I did climb trees and fences when I was younger. But I think I would have um, been more of a physical person growing up with with um, brothers in the middle. But because I was at the beginning, I was another mentor. I was um, I wouldn't say another mother, but I was another person that they could come to for care. Unlike another sister who was in the middle. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and she's a little bit rougher. I'm not saying everyone who grows up in the middle of the their siblings who happen to be brothers will grow up to be rougher or more in their masculine. Um, but it does have bearing because they may not always see you as um, the little sister they need to protect. But sometimes they may rough you up a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. This is interesting because I didn't know you were the oldest out of them. So. I'm curious, as you're listening to your brothers talk about, like, what do I do? And she does this. Being older, having more perspective, are, were you sitting there a lot of the time going, come on, like, you should know this? Or like, what were you thinking as far as, you know, your perspective as a woman and as the oldest sibling when you're watching your brothers go through these things? That's good. I would say a few times I was thinking, really? Are you really asking me that? (laughs) For the most part, I understood because just from my personal story, even as a young, like six-year-old, seven-year-old, adults would talk to me like I was another adult. And I would just sit and listen. And then they'd look and they'd look again and say, wow, okay, you're just a kid, but you're listening. And then when I offer a solution, they're like, wow, I would have never thought about that. So I think it came also naturally for me to be a counselor and to listen and not judge or interject um, or make someone feel badly for a decision that they had made, but yet help them figure out another alternative. So it was actually it was actually really sweet because I got a lot of perks, you know, with <laughs> you know, my brothers looking up to me, not only as the older sibling and as their sister they needed to protect and as someone who had somewhat of knowledge and wisdom they could share. But it was always, hey, you want to go out to eat? <laughs> You know, or, or, you know, do you want to go on this trip? Or So it was very, um, I wouldn't say queenly, but it really felt good to be protected, looked after, um, felt special. You know, that was that was something I valued growing up. That sounds actually wonderful. Yeah. So let's transition. I wanted to talk a little bit more about your history before we jump into the scripts. Because I, I just I'm fascinated by people and I like to get to know them. So you mentioned that in your practice you started to get more and more men showing up. Was that a conscious thing, or did they just start gravitating towards you? How did it, how did you end up being the the uh, what, what's the right term the man whisperer or something? I don't know. <laughs> I think I have many names. Like I've been called the man whisperer. I've been called. The- um, interpreter, you know, the, I was coined the communication ninja. And I think men are changing. They've had begun to change and shift in their consciousness um, over the past you know, 20 years. Like 40 years ago, it might have been unheard of for as many men today to seek help. Okay. And outside of a magazine or maybe having a quick conversation with the grandfather who may have just said, boy, just go do it. (laughs) And then that was it. That was the advice. 
And so now I've seen many come in wanting to help. They want to know how to express their emotions to her. They want to be more of a partner than they do of this person who maybe has all of their stuff together and then invites her in. Like that's the old school. Like you build your kingdom and then you invite her in. But you also had some who wanted a, a partner as well, but still they felt obligated that they needed to take care of her. So more and more was coming in. I mean, young guys, I was surprised. So I realized that there was a shift sort of in the consciousness of men where they are more open emotionally. They want to express it. They want to share it. Um, they want new experiences. And so much so that I had done a TED Talk on it, that yesterday's man is not today's man. And it's important to embrace them with where they are today instead of trying to fit them, you know, in these boxes that they no longer fit. Like traditional traditions are all about what needed to happen in that moment. Traditions are meant to be carried out forever because we are evolving beings and they get stuck. A lot of the frustrations for them is that they're stuck in these old school traditional ways that don't really represent who they are in their natural occurrence and being. Now, I will have to say this, Kevin, I know a lot of men <laughs> who uh, disagree with me and will say that we are feminizing men and that men don't need to talk about their emotions or be in them or become women. Right. You take away the manhood. And I think the reverse is true, that maybe men were never given the opportunity to express that side of them, but rather was told they needed to just stay in one side, which was the more masculine expression. Wow, you you said so much there. I'm not even sure I'm going to remember it all because I really want to come back to certain things. All right, first one is I I love the perspective of traditions aren't necessarily meant to be carried out f forever. They they fit a certain period of time and when that time changes, we need to change the tradition. I love that idea because I do see in society sometimes we hang on to things just because they're tradition even though they don't fit the world that we live in today. And yet at the same time, I also see people throwing out all the traditions because the, everything from the past must be terrible, right? And I love the idea of we keep the traditions that work for us where we are today and we get rid of the ones that don't work for us where we are today. So I love that. I also love the part that you said that, you know, the men today aren't the same as before. And it's really interesting to hear from somebody with your background and your experience that you're seeing this shift in men that show up to your practice. And I hear the criticisms from the people who say we're feminizing men. I'm going to say that you're actually both right. Because in my experience, what I see is, I think it's amazing that men can finally learn to freaking communicate. <laughs> That, the, that old sort of paradigm of man who just doesn't say, like the stoic, doesn't communicate his feelings, doesn't show emotion, doesn't work in the modern world. So I love the fact that you are actually seeing that shift. That's amazing. And at the same time, I am seeing too many women expecting men to make that shift into the way that a woman would do it. And that's the difference. That's the feminizing part. It's like, it's good for us as men to show up and be able to express our feelings clearly, uh, show emotion, but we should do it in a way that works for us as men. We, we shouldn't be expected to try to communicate in the way that a woman would communicate because we are different. We need to find ways that our communications meet each other so that we can be uh, heard and understood by each other. But that idea of like, we should be more like women. No, we should be more like uh, evolved, expressive, communicative, emotional, uh, mature men, as opposed to trying to be more like women. What do you think about that concept? Yeah, I am in total agreement with that. And thank you for bringing that up because this is what I see. You know, it's like, have you ever, do you, so I'm a Trekkie, okay? And among other like Star Wars and mm -hmm. the Matrix, like that's my jam. <laughs> so, but if you watch Star Wars, there is a enemy called um, Q, Right. And then there's also called one called the Borg. So both of these entities is all about assimilating, wanting other beings to become like them and become a part of their unit. Right. Or their world and their play. And yes, you are absolutely right. I love women because I am a woman. But women see men as hairy women. OK. And it is because their consciousness is built around how they function, 
that's comfortable. So when they have to come outside of that comfort zone, they're like, oh, yeah, no, this we can't have this. You need to come into my space. And that's where men feel uncomfortable because they feel like they have to fit into her world and they don't get to be who they are. It's to me, it's a miseducation. If I had it my way, I would make sure that in the school systems, it's not also in the homes that children have to take courses to learn about. I call it the complementary sex, not the opposite, the complementary sex to understand how they function, because it's all biology. It's all biology and it's hormones. And if we knew that because our levels are different, it causes us to respond differently. Oxytocin is all about the bonding hormone. Women have higher levels, men have lower levels. That's why she wants to talk most of the time <laughs> or give you the details. And he's like, yeah, okay, what's the point? I'm trying to fix this thing for you. You know, Give me some help here. So I do see that as uh, an issue that we do have is not being able to express ourselves as who we are biologically. And we know that's a whole nother worm because of what you mentioned earlier with the changes and things that's happening, you know, these identities. And still knowing you have someone with you that can support you and provide you with what you're looking for because you've had a conversation about it, because you've made it clear what you can do and what you can't do, ideally. But we we know that that doesn't always happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we jump in and say, I hope this is going to work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, uh, maybe we could get you to run for local school board or uh, can we can we get you on the presidential radar? Maybe we can have you become the uh, next secretary of education because <laughs> I would love to see that instead of all of this. I mean, either traditionally schools have either just not taught anything at all. Or nowadays, what we're seeing is they're, they're teaching a lot of divisiveness. It's all, you know, well, we don't even need to get into that. But you understand what I'm talking about. There's a lot of divisiveness being taught. And I would love to see, I love that idea of the complementary sex, because that's literally what we are. One is not better. One is not worse. We're not necessarily opposites or opposing. We're supposed to come together. I love the uh, image of um, the Chinese yin-yang, right? It's just the perfect blending. The way that it is designed shows you that um, they come together and they complement each other, just as you said. So I would love to see that being taught in schools. Imagine how much of the early, well, for some people their whole life, but how much of the difficulty that we have with relationships with men and women we could have avoided if we had just been taught properly when we were young. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about some of these scripts. So you have a freebie, which we're going to talk about at the end of the show for people, which is basically 12 scripts that they can get. We're going to talk about a few of those, not all of them, because we don't have time to go into all 12 of them. But also those 12 are actually just a very small subset of, you have over like a hundred of them, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few, and I think that'll give you an idea. And if you like the scripts and the way the way that they're presented and how they might potentially uh, help your situation, at the end of the show, we'll give you an opportunity to figure out where you can go to get more of them. All right. So the first one that I wanted to talk about uh, was, she says you don't listen. <laughs> yes. So the first question I have is, what is she really saying when she says you don't listen? Okay. So a few minutes ago, I mentioned about oxytocin and women have higher levels and men have lower levels. Oxytocin is the bonding hormone. It's that hormone that wants to give the whole story. Women are great storytellers and some men too. When she says, listen, and this is, it's twofold. When she says, listen, many women want you to agree with what she said. <laughs> 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 oh, that, right? right right there. That is a huge secret, man, right? You may not have realized that's what she was actually asking. <laughs> right? So in her in her process, in her thinking, she's like, why, why doesn't he just do what I ask him to do? What's so difficult about him understanding why this needs to be done and why this is so important? Like, I just don't get it. And what she's not getting is that he doesn't think like her. Right? He's processed whatever the, the situational problem is, he's processed it in a different way. And then the other part to that is he's not giving the feedback to her 
that indicates he understands or empathizes with her. She wants to hear the feeling words, but she doesn't know that he doesn't speak in feeling, he speaks in thinking. <laughs> yes, this is very, very true. So, you know, that of course begs the question, like how does he handle that? Because what, what a lot, like honestly, as a man, here's what we're told. Well, you just need to learn how to, how to uh, be in feeling mode instead of thinking mode. Well, okay. I mean, if we practice enough, we might be able to figure that one out, but it's not really who we are, right? And it's always going to be this struggle for us to try to do that. So, so what do we do in that situation? Yeah. This is where the understanding about women comes in at. And, and here again, I love men and women. Like I have a, an agape type of love and wanting everybody to feel good in their relationships and be happy. Like I truly believe that's why we're here on the planet. Now, there may be some other reasons that people have about being here. <laughs> that's, that's like my number one. Everybody should. And the reason why I like that is because that's just me. I just really enjoy groups of people. I enjoy seeing people happy. That's what makes me happy. It might sound kind of cliche when you ask people what they do for a living. But for me, that's always been it. Like I get excited when other people get excited because they figure something out. Wait, wait, wait. And hold on a minute. There is no better job than making people happy and being happy as a result. Like that is not something to be to be shy about when you're talking about. It. It's like somebody asks you what you I make people happy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's like the ultimate thing. Cause I, I always tell people, I said, I'm sharing this information with you but it's really for me and you just happen to be listening. <laughs> I'm always looking for ways to be happy and practice happiness. And that is in groups that's sharing, that's talking, that's doing whatever. So you just, you're kind of like, um, you, you get, you know, the, the byproduct of what I'm creating. But, but seriously, I've really seen, seeing people happy. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, you get it, right? You know, I love seeing the smiles on people's faces. So one is understanding her really taking the time to understand who you have in your life, like what makes her tick, like about oxytocin, knowing that she's talking to you for a long time because it's her and she's not purposely trying to torture you. Like <laughs> that's really important. And, and understanding that she responds to you in different ways than you would to the response. And it doesn't mean she's trying to compete with you. That's why it's really important for a man to understand who he has. And then not only that, it depends on who she is because all women are different. You might have a, 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 an alpha, a beta, an omega. You might have a combination of thereof. You don't know what her traumas were. Maybe she shared some with you. Maybe you know about her upbringing, but how did it affect her? And how does that still affect how she processes and responds to situations today with you? Like all this is super important to know. And I'm not saying you have to take a whole class, but I truly believe that women are a skill set. And that's what I teach. Women are a skill set. Yes. And rather than wait right, for the, the bottom to fall out and wait till she's threatening to leave and take the kids or take, take the money and take everything, be proactive and figure out what's going to help her stay and feel good. And you also have peace. So, one client told me, he says, Slanda, I'm going to keep it real with you. Coming to you was feeling like having to go to a doctor's appointment. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I just never came. She said I needed to find somebody to work with else she was leaving. And I just happened to find you because you said you work with men. But if it was just a traditional therapist, I probably wouldn't have gone because I don't want to get all in my feelings. <laughs> 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 and I appreciate it that he shared that with me because that's how many men feel about getting help because all their lives they're told that they shouldn't need to get help. And if they do get help, then they're weak men. Yeah. You know, what, one of the most frequent questions I get from guys who potentially want to work with me as their coach, they know that they need some help enough such that they actually reach out. But then the question always comes, well, I'm not really in a relationship now, so maybe I should just wait until I get in one. And, and I say the same thing to you all that you just said to them all the time. I'm like, don't wait until you F it up. Figure out how to do it now <laughs> so you don't F it up later on. <laughs> okay, so, so 
that's a great description of what she's really thinking and what she's wanting. So what's the script? Like, what, what do they say in response to that? And, and the script is, is super general. What I tend to do is tailor it to, you know, the person, but I wanted to give general scripts. So you have something to say. (laughs) And so she says, well, you just don't listen. And so you say, well, do you want me to only listen or do you want me to solve the problem? Because here's what's happening. When you're listening to her, you're a man, you have higher levels of testosterone. So you're listening for the problem. And when she's gone from leaving her mother's house with a flat tire to to finding out what she needed to the store and wasn't able to book appointments, you're trying to figure out which one does she need help with, right? Because that's how how you're designed. Mm -hmm. And she's telling all of this. You're like, okay, wait, wait, let me back up a little bit. Which one do you want me to do? So after you ask her that question for clarity, you know how to position yourself. Right. If, if, if you're only listening, you just listen. And if there's a cap on how long you can listen, like you can't do 20 minutes <laughs> and you say, babe, OK, I'm good for like five or 10 minutes. Like I learned this. This lady told me that because I have higher levels of oxytocin or um, higher levels of testosterone, I can only listen to a certain degree. Right. It's biology. So can you give me two minutes and then let's take a break and then I can come back or whatever works for you. You have to be able to communicate with that communicate that to her else she will not know she'll become frustrated because you started looking at your phone or looking at the tv or looking past her right and you'll become frustrated because now she's saying a few choice words to you about (laughs) you listening (laughs) right and solving the problem is that you can go right in and say okay she gave me permission to come in and solve this problem then let me ask her if she wants my my advice and and i teach something where you ask for permission to share. It's not that you're asking because you're a child or that you're a lesser person or you don't have any power, but that little tool will open a person up to be more receptive to what you're getting ready to say and usually more agreeable because you ask, oh, hey, would you like to hear what I want to want to say? And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Versus, well, let me tell you what you need to do. <laughs> they're different, you know? And when you're speaking to women, I call it the lion's roar. Like men, when you get upset, you might elevate your voice, but you're not really yelling or condemning, but you're protecting your space, your house, so to speak. But she doesn't know that. So she takes it as, you know, you're being disrespectful. So that's why education is so important. So even if you're using these scripts, the scripts will open the door. But it's very important to know who you're working with and even who you are. Like what resonates for you? Because ultimately you want peace. I know you don't want this to repeat over and over and over again, which Kevin, you might experience with your, your clients is that the problem keeps, it, it, it's a cycle because they don't do the proactive route in order to stop the cycle. Oh, absolutely. You know, they don't do the proactive route. And then when the cycle happens, they do just enough to calm the cycle down but not enough to truly solve the problem for the future. So then the cycle repeats over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. I like the part uh, that you mentioned also about asking permission. Like that script is really great because as men, by default, we tend to go straight into fix-it mode. And, you know, if you're a man and you've been on earth and around women long enough, I think by now you should have realized that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> in fact, a lot of the time, and you, you can tell me if you agree with this or not, but a lot of the time, women, yes, it's a problem, but they're not bringing it to you because they actually want a solution. They just want to vent it. They just, they just want to get it out, right? And they're not necessarily looking for how do you fix it. But of course, what do we do as men? We're like, there's a problem. We're going to fix it. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what I want. <laughs> Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Big yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one then. She says, do you know how I feel? (laughs) So what is she really saying there? And what would be an appropriate response to that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, As we both agree to, women uh, speak in feeling and men speak in thinking. So if you ask a man how he feels about the meal he was just served, 
you probably won't say, well, it really made me feel really good. I needed that. It really hit the spot. He'll say, yeah, it was sufficient. They could have put a little bit more pepper on the, the broccoli, but, you know, it's all good. Right. That's a thinking answer versus the first one. Uh, so when she says, you don't know how I feel. <laughs> this is another funny one. She's wanting you to feel that with her the way she feels. <laughs> right here again, that oxytocin is getting you in trouble, including the estrogen. OK, is she really wants you to empathize and be where she is or at least show that you understand how she's feeling. So what you can say to her is, is two things. And there's many. This is a general. It's OK. So you don't know how I feel. OK, well, please tell me I don't want to get it wrong. Right. Please tell me so you're asking permission again. Please tell me I don't want to get it wrong. And then you're respecting the fact that she wants you to come into her world. Like women have this this way of like pushing and pulling you into their space, their space, depending on what's going on with them. Right. Or you can say, I heard you say you feel upset. You know, how can I help you right now? So acknowledging how she's feeling is key. If you don't do anything else, listen to the feeling word that she used and repeat it back to her. I heard you said you're you're sad. Can you, you tell me more? Like what's happening? You know, you're you're frustrated. Okay, what happened? Okay. And and I know that he may not want to ask what happened because the happened might be him. <laughs> 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 and I know he doesn't want to, you know, hear how he messed up in her eyes. <laughs> However, you know, you have you have to be able to just say, okay, she's in her feelings. She's looking to not necessarily take accountability or, or see what's really happening and how she contributed to this. Let me just stay here for a second and listen to her, even if it sounds like she's blaming me. Because in the end, I want peace. Okay? I, I want some peace. And many men don't want to have to educate their woman about how they function, how they think, and who they are. But it's, it's necessary to a certain degree. If you, don't, if you both aren't going to a, a professional or someone, clergy person, whomever is your, 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 purple, your people or your person, then you have to figure it out on your own and do some work. Relationships are work, Kevin. I don't know if you agree with this, but relationships should require maintenance. I, even if you're happy, you're always happy and argue once a month, like according to the Gottmans, you know, this couple, you know, who's um, infamous for teaching uh about relationships, it's like once a month, you know, is better than once a week, even, you know, if you're arguing. So it's important. It's imperative. I always tell men, if you are working either for yourself or someone else, you're going to learn that next skill to get paid more or to get promotions or to do whatever your goal is. Your relationship is the same way. You should put in the same type of investment for the next level type of relationship. Right? In the bedroom, like I know that's, you know, what you work with, like in the bedroom is big, like, cause I also teach ancient techniques for that. Right. But that communication is so important. If you don't have that, it's kind of hard to get to the other piece. You know, you agree? absolutely. Th th this is my opportunity to say yes, 100%. I agree with you, you know? Okay. So I will say, yes, I agree that relationships take work. And at the same time, I liked to, tell my clients to reframe the way they think about it as work, right? Because, yeah, okay, it's going to take some effort, and, and maybe sometimes it will feel like work in those difficult moments. But I like to view it as the effort that I put in isn't necessarily work. Like, I put effort into all kinds of things that are fun, right? I would put effort into my relationship as well. And I completely agree. It's something that needs to be nurtured and cared for, throughout its entire existence. And that's one of the biggest problems that I see. I work with a lot of clients who've been together for a while, but for whatever reason, their, their, you know, their sex life isn't what it used to be, or their, their passion, their connection isn't what it used to be. And so we got to go back and look at like, where did the train go off the tracks, right? What were you doing in the beginning that, that made you so attracted to each other? And why did you stop? And how can we bring that stuff back in? So I completely agree with that. Uh, and I think there are certain things in life that we take for granted because we just do them every single day, right? 
You know, like right now there's a whole, um, whole thing around breathing, right? Like there's a big book that came out called Breath. It's been super popular. Wim Hof is super popular. There's all these people out here teaching all these breathing things. And one of the things you hear a lot of people say is, why do I need this? I know how to breathe. And then they go to one of these workshops and they go, I can't believe I didn't really know how to breathe. I've been doing it since I was born, but I didn't really know how to do it, right? Relationships are one of those things too. We, we start having relationships, obviously, with our parents first and then with friends. And then as we get older, we start having relationships with significant others. And we think that we just know how to do it because we've been doing it our entire lives. But the reality is we were never taught how to do it properly. And the people that we learned from through osmosis, through observing, didn't know how to do it either. So we learned all kinds of bad things about how to be in relationships. <laughs> so no, you don't just know how to do it. You got to learn it. And those of us like, you know, this is, that's actually how I got into doing this stuff. I never said to myself, I was going to be a sex and relationship coach, but I, I looked at it as this is something that's really important to me and I really want to learn how to do it. And as I learned how to do it myself, people started observing me in my relationships and going, hey, could you tell me how you do that? Like, how does that work exactly? And that started happening enough that I started deciding maybe I should actually teach these things. But that's because I was putting a lot of effort into it on my own. And a lot of people simply don't do that. And I think they really should. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Yeah, that was great. Okay, so now is the perfect time to take a short break. And then we're going to jump in because we've got more scripts to talk about. Hey guys, you know what makes a man great? You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, physical body? Is it because he's great in bed? Maybe he has great pickup lines. But what if you don't have those or only some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? Then I can help you. If you're ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, please go to kevinanseline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. The link is in the description. You know, that is my men's coaching program. So a lot of the things that we are talking about today, I can work with you on in that program. And by the way, if you like uh, what Salanda is sharing today, at the end, we will, of course, give you an opportunity to find out where you can work with her because I, I, from what I'm hearing so far, now granted we had one pre-interview call and we're, you know, halfway into the show, but I am 100% on board with everything you're saying. I love the way that you are phrasing it and I think it's great information and I would definitely recommend that people uh, seek you out to work with you as well. All right, let's get back into the scripts. The next one I have on the list, and by the way, <laughs> on, the, on the last one that we talked about, you were like, ooh, that's another good one. Yeah, I went through your list and I picked out the ones that I was like, mm, yeah, guys really want to know about this one. <laughs> so I cherry picked your list a little bit, but that's okay. All right, next one is, uh, she yells, screams, and threatens. What's going on there? Ooh, okay. So, Anyone who gets to this level of expressing their feelings um, are, they don't know what to do. I, th I think that that's, that's a, a good summary because this is where a lot of people give up. And so if we go back just to the beginning of why someone yells is because they don't feel heard. They feel dismissed, overlooked, invisible. Um, they don't have value. They don't have worth. Now this could have started in the current relationship and it could have started pre that current relationship, like in childhood or with other relationships where they felt overlooked. Uh, so it could have started anywhere. The bottom line is, is that you don't want this in your relationship because it is a toxic cycle. You've gotten to that place of toxicity. Now it's been normalized though. You know, you'll have a big blow up one day, yelling, screaming, whatever it is you do, slamming doors, it's passive aggressive behavior. And then two days later, you're back, you know, loving each other. And then the next two days, you're back into this cycle. And that's not okay, because you're keeping an elevated state of stress on your body. Okay, which manifests into all kind of diseases, right? So I'm just taking it another level. 
when it comes to mental health that we aren't aware of, we, we're not aware of because we don't see the manifestations quickly. We don't think about managing our emotions. Um, I read in a medical journal years ago that each time we get angry, it takes 15 minutes off of your life. Wow. Yeah, that was wild because your body has to adjust that, that to that energy level. Like we're literally energy, right? And we're shifting the, the levels in our body, like the tenseness. A good way, the good example is like the tenseness that we have when we get upset. We're holding our organs in our body. And then they're trying to still function and optimize themselves where you're keeping them from flowing. And so it hinders. And each time you do that, if you could think about that, you're stopping up something. Like if you think of a pipe and you put all kinds of stuff down the pipe when really it should be going in the trash can, but you just let it go because the water seems to run through and eventually it backs up and it sits there. And then you have to have the whole pipe replaced. Well, of course, yes, some people have to have organs replaced, unfortunately, or either you have to have this medication now that you have to take to keep the pipe from getting unstuck, or you've created this um, this um, medical condition like a stroke, right? So you want to avoid that. So I just wanted to kind of go off on a tangent just a little bit about being angry because mm -hmm. it does more than just um, feel like making your partner feel like you're disconnected. So she's yelling, screaming, and angry because she feels like you haven't hurt her. And she's been saying the same thing over and over again. One of the biggest complaints that I have from women about men is consistency. <laughs> he will do something and then he'll stop. <laughs> right? He'll do it, he'll stop, or either he won't follow through with it. Um, not all men, of course, but this is the biggest complaint that women have. Um, what I have asked men to do is ask their person, what do you need in this moment? Don't touch her. Don't try to touch her, okay? Because she's in that space and she's already tense. Um, and I'm not saying that it won't work for all women. Some women are okay with being touched when they're angry, but many aren't. It's like they want to own that space they're in because they felt like they've been out of control, which is the reason they're yelling, okay? So if you go in trying to touch, you're invading this space that they've created around themselves, you know, like this, you know, this protection and you're trying to infiltrate, you know, her her wall again instead of being responsible for what's happening if it, if it's you, and more importantly, being respectful of the space and the boundary that she's put between you. The same thing happens when women withdraw sex, right? Oh, that's on the list. I want to talk about that one <laughs> for sure. There's no way we're getting out of this interview without talking about that one. <laughs> okay, so it's like, what do you need in this moment? And when you ask that question, gents, she might still go off on the talent. What do you ask me what I need? You haven't gotten it from me before. What do you know? What are you trying to do now? You won't follow through. So she may go through those phases. Just hold tight. And then you come back when she gives you a breath. You know, can we can we talk about it when you're not upset? It depends on what level she's at. You may have to walk away. If she's physically aggressive, you, you have to walk away. OK, to protect yourself and to protect her from really going right, blowing her top. Um, and then you can come back and tell her why you walked away. Even before you walk away, you can have a talk and say, when you get really angry, this is what I don't want to happen. I don't want any of us to get hurt. I really don't want you to be that angry. So I'm going to walk away, but I'm not disrespecting you. I just want to talk when we're both calm. Like you can say that you can. You can have prescripts. You know, it's not just always let me handle this situation right in the moment script. You can have the prescripts and you can have the postscripts. So when she's okay, you go back. Babe, you know, um, can we talk about what happened? You know, can we can even schedule a time, maybe Sunday at two at the park with some ice cream, right? You can create the atmosphere, which is another thing I'm really big on, is creating the atmosphere before you have the talk. And requesting to talk is really important. Yeah, that was all fantastic advice. Um, there was a point you made there that I really wanted to follow up on, and now I have lost it. <laughs> oh, consistency. That's what it was, consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is one of the things. Uh, so when I'm coaching men, obviously one of the big things I tell them is how keeping the word is super important to women, right? So if you say you're going to do something, Make sure that you do it. And don't tell her you're going to do things that you know you can't live up to, right? Mm -hmm. 
So even if she wants you to do something like, and you know, oh man, she really wants me to do that. So I'm going to tell her that I want, that I'm going to do it. But then eventually you fail and you don't do it. Just be upfront. If she asks you for something and you're like, no, oh, that, that honestly, I could tell you, but the chances of me actually doing that aren't really good. So I don't want to commit to that, right? It's, it's good to be upfront. But the other thing is the consistency. So when you tell her you're going to do something, do it, but do it consistently. Like that is so important. I don't think a lot of men really realize just how important that is for women. There is something biologically wired in women. They need to feel like they can trust you. And one of the biggest ways to do that is consistency, showing up over and over and over again. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I I think men take for granted that she won't leave him. Like that's the ultimate thing, right? That could happen. You know, then there's not having, you know, sex with her, you know, and then there's like maybe keeping the kids from him. And then there's like spending all his money, money if she has access to it. Like there's all these things that he would be worried about her countering with. But really, it really is about being present in the moment and wanting to. Now, this is a little tool that I give men, <laughs> and some women think is inauthentic, and these are also women who don't know quite how men's minds work. <laughs> so I ask him to put an alert in his phone to do that action mm-hmm. and to treat it like he does those tasks he, he does at work or on you know in his own business. Like he wants to get paid, so he's going to complete the task. If you want to get paid from her through affection, intimacy, lovemaking, any of those things, then you have to do the task. I don't think that's inauthentic at all. I think that's a fantastic idea. You know, what's important is that you actually do it. It's not so much important whether the phone reminded you or you remembered on your own. But the other thing is it's also a great training tool. Because if you use that for a while, eventually, hopefully, you won't need the reminders anymore. Yes. And at the same time, you know, man, the world that we live in today is so crazy compared to like, you know, you and I, I think are roughly the same age. And like, you know, when we grew up as children, that that world was so different than where we are today. There are so many things pulling at our attention that it is really easy to forget stuff. So (laughs) even things that you feel are important to you, it's easy to forget. Use the technology. The technology is what made it so difficult for us to remember all this stuff. So we might as well use it to help us remember it as well. <laughs> okay, we are, we are getting uh, very, very close to the end of the show. And as I said a moment ago, we cannot get out of this interview without talking about when she withholds sex, what that means and how to deal with that. So let's talk about that one next. Oh, okay. This one is, is a big one because there are many reasons she may be withholding sex, even ones that you aren't aware of, such as medical conditions um, that I, I have found. I don't know if you found this too, Kevin, is that when a woman has a medical issue, she might not even know it's a medical issue, but she knows something is off, but she hasn't gone to a physician to have it diagnosed you know, and assessed and treated. Um, and so that's one. It also could be her body is changing, right? It's, of course, the body changes after pregnancy, like prepping for pregnancy for the pregnancy, after the pregnancy, um, pre-menopause, menopause, post-menopause. So it really depends on what's happening, where the person are in their lives, and what could possibly happen on a physical level that could impede right, the sexual activity, that bedroom action. So that's one. Another reason that women withhold sex is because they feel like they're not getting their needs met, which has a lot to do with emotions and feelings and honoring them and at least acknowledging them. Like I said in the beginning, it's important that you learn how to give back feeling words or even have a few in your own arsenal when you're talking to her, because this connection that is made with her is the one that she wants to go deeper. If you can understand where she is emotionally. I'm not saying you have to be at her emotional level. I'm just saying you have to understand that when she's frustrated, she doesn't want to do X, Y, and Z. Or when she's sad, she needs X, Y, and Z. Right? Or when she's um, happy, she needs X, Y, and Z. Instead of what you think she needs, 
And when you do that, she's upset. And then now she has this big barricade between the two of you, right? She might put the pillows between you (laughs) or not even sleep in the bedroom at all. She could withhold sex because you're not following through. You're not consistent. We talked about that. She could be withholding sex because she's not attracted to you anymore. And that's a tough one to swallow if she's not attracted to you physically anymore. And it could be because your body maybe doesn't look like it did when you first got together. Um, And it also could be that she's just lost interest and you still could look the same. There's so many factors. Nobody wants to think about that, though, that a person can actually lose interest in the relationship or you after you've invested so much. Right. That's a hard one for many men. Um, She's also withholding sex from you as punishment because you didn't follow through on something that she wanted or you did something opposite that she asked you for. And it could be something that's happened many times that she's asked you for and you still haven't completed. So her ability to sleep with you uh, is almost zero because her emotions have been cut off from you. She doesn't have a connection to you. There's no emotional connection. There probably won't be any physical connection. Yeah. And you know, that's something... And several of the ones that you mentioned are things that are a little bit more challenging for men to understand because, okay, let's take the physical stuff. Like we would literally have to be having a, even if we were having a heart attack and we had an opportunity for sex, we'd probably still do it, right? You know, like that's just the way we think as men. And so a lot of times men don't realize that when things are changing, you know, she, you know, I've had so many clients talk about you know the perimenopause and the many and then um, going through menopause and the the thinning of the vaginal lining and and the pain that can sometimes be associated with that and all these things can really get in the way and affect it. The other thing is you know the emotional part of it as well. Another thing that I think guys have a, a hard time understanding is that she needs to feel that emotional connection, whereas. You know, most men, and this changes as we get older, but especially for younger men, it's like sex anywhere, anytime, anyhow, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter if there's an emotional connection there. I'm not saying that's right, but that's the way a lot of men operate. And so they have a hard time understanding when women need to have that emotional connection. The other thing that I think is really important about this discussion that we're having is that you are showing how many possible reasons there could be for why she's withholding sex. It's not necessarily a simple thing. It could be one of very many things. This is what I tell clients all the time is you need to find out what's in the way. Something is in the way. Something is preventing her from wanting that, and it's not just because she doesn't feel like it, right? (laughs) So you've got to find out what that thing is that's in the way. Um, I kind of sort of interrupted you there. I know you weren't done telling me, so are there other things that uh, may be in the way? Those are the major issues that I have found in terms of uh, concerns for women and men. Um, there's one, though, that's not always as obvious for men to pick up on. Um, and that's where she's mentally not in a good place. She may have some mental health issues that he's unaware of. Depression, you know, sadness, grief you know, of something that's happened in, in her family or to someone she knows. So it's her home, it's her own mental state. Many men will say, well, you just need to suck it up. <laughs> you, just need, <laughs> you, you just need to deal with it because that's life. You that's know, you bad can't... advice from man to man. It's even worse advice from man <laughs> to woman. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. And, and, but because of how many men think like you just have to keep going in life, you go and you go and you go and you go which is a very masculine way to be and a very feminine way to be is to relax and allow and be receptive. Now, from my understanding and teachings, both men and women have these, these uh, aspects. Masculine and femininity is not um, a trait of being a man or a woman because we both have them. And some beings or people or human beings practice more than the other, no matter what physical body they present in. Okay. Uh, and what I've learned is men want to express their feminine selves too. And what it looks like is when he comes home, crosses that threshold, he wants to be in a peaceful, loving, calm state of mind with his partner. That's feminine. He doesn't want to argue. He doesn't want to, um, be competitive. He doesn't want to try to push or achieve, which are all masculine traits. And everybody needs this 
balance or balance it as much as possible in their lives. There's consequences when you're too this or that or the other. Uh, and men are finding that they have to like fight to have peace in their homes sometimes, to feel accepted, to, to feel like they don't have to come home and put on a show or um, act or perform like they do outside of the home. And that's a really big problem that I see in working with, with couples. That's a that's a wonderful reframe, though, right? Because, you know, we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about, you know, sort of the the people who believe that some of this is feminizing men. But I like this as a reframe because I don't think most people would think about that, that when you come home, you've been out at your job, you've been competing all day long, you've been in your masculine, and now you come home. And yeah, this is why we say, you know, a man's home is this castle, because we want to come home into the protected walls of our castle and relax, right? And and have a peaceful environment. And I think that's really interesting, describing that as, as that's us uh, being in our feminine, I think if more people understood that, they might not have as many objections to the idea that we both have, we all have masculine and feminine in us. Absolutely. It's all education. Like we were talking about, we, if we start teaching this in, in school age, <laughs> we wouldn't have as many difficulties or frustrations that we do today. But, you know, it's not in our system yet. I'm in. I'll send your campaign five bucks. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we are we are at the end of the show. There's so many more. I mean, we only covered a few. Uh, if you want more, obviously, we'll tell you where you can get more. But before we get there, um, are there any last words of advice for men when it comes to dealing with women in these types of situations? Yeah. And this is something we talked about, like in the pre-interview, um, which is that you are not responsible for her happiness. I know that that's opposite of maybe what you've been taught most of your life about women. Um, happy wife, or happy life, happy wife and all of that. OK, great. I, I get it. I understand it. Then my question is always, what about you? You know, what about men being able to be happy in their relationships, too? And why are they always the ones that have to sacrifice? Now, I'm not saying women don't, but I'm just I'm talking from the perspective of men and how they feel like they're not an equal part in the partnership. You know, when it comes to making decisions to a certain degree, I know that some households are led by men. I get that. That's, you know, the traditional paradigm and this concept of trying to keep that alive. And even in some religions. But then there's also this sense of like, who am I? What do I have to offer in this relationship to you as a man? What do I have to offer in the world? So don't forget that every person is responsible for their own happiness. It's a state of mind. It's something you practice. You can step into it. And as a man, you can offer her, right? You can influence her. You can set up situations for her to experience more happiness, but you are not responsible for her ultimate state of mind of being happy. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic advice. Everything that you shared today, even though we only covered a few of the scripts, the, the really gems, the, the nuggets of uh, uh, advice there throughout all of those, I think was really, has been really invaluable uh, to the listeners. So thank you so much for sharing everything uh, that you have shared today. Oh, it was my pleasure. This was really fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So please go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find more about you. And then I have one more question for you after that. Absolutely. An easy place is my website, salondasmith.com. So that's S-U-L-O-N-D-A, smith, S-M-I-T-H.com. You can find uh, the script there is waiting for you to pick it up. And, you know, if you want to learn more about me, just go to the site. Awesome. And that link is in the description. So check that out. All right, one last question that I ask all the guests that I have on the show, and that is, what is your best sexual talent? Ooh, my best sexual talent, dancing. Dancing, aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's, um, I, I am a dancer, and I've learned different dancing techniques, you know, for different occasions. 
and for the bedroom, you know, and just to keep interest of a person, my partner, you know, I've learned to dance with a heart connection. Mm. You know? So it's just not like a physical, seductive, you know, sexually charged dance, but it's a dance of honor, of acknowledgement, um, fun, right? It's precursor, of course. And then um, <laughs> just being a willing participant, you know, in the action. That's a fantastic answer. You have a very lucky partner. <laughs> you know, I love asking that question because one, it kind of, you know, sometimes we talk about some pretty heavy topics, not so much on this show, but it, it lightens things up and it catches people off guard. But it also, I get such a varied range of answers to that question. And I think it really helps people maybe see outside the box, right? Because a lot of people may not have thought of dancing as potentially a sexual talent, and yet it is. Absolutely. It's a great question. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, that's all that we have uh, for this episode. I want to thank you one more time, Solana, for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with everybody. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I'm truly grateful. All right, everybody. That's all the time that I have for this episode, and I will see you next week. I hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free exclusive content, join me in the Passion Vault at kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. That's kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, as Celine used to say, you're amazing.